Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows and movies and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Star Wars, The Force of Evil, and Samurai Jack, among others. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Haley Neighbors. Hi there. And Beatrice Murad. Hello. Today, Haley Beatrice and I will be counting down our top five Miyazaki films, our uh, Hayao Miyazaki-directed films, um, very big, pertinent animation topic, uh, Miyazaki, the uh, probably the most famous prominent animation director. And uh, we've gotten to a little bit of Studio Ghibli films here on Overly Animated, but I want to start to ramp up some of our our uh, Ghibli discussions, especially Miyazaki discussions. Uh, if you want to find the podcast we've already done on Studio Ghibli Films, you can go to overlyanimated.com slash tag slash Ghibli. Uh, we've only actually done two Miyazaki-directed ones. I'm kind of, like, afraid <laughs> to get into them, I think, because <laughs> I just revere them so much. It's going to be me just gushing the entire time. Uh, yeah. but, but we've done a Totoro podcast and a Nausicaa podcast, uh, but they're pretty early on in the in the show's run. We've done a lot more of the uh, non-Miyazaki Ghibli ones, but uh, and those are great, too. And you can find discussions on those uh, later and uh, in, those, in that link I mentioned. But uh, we're just going to focus in on the Miyazaki-directed Ghibli films. Um, if you're a Miyazaki newbie, I think this is an appropriate podcast for you because we're not going to go too deep into these films. We're just going to kind of like talk about why they're awesome. Um, I, I guess I'm going to tr- ask that we try not to get too much in the spoilers for these, but there's just these Miyazaki films aren't films with too many spoilers already, I would say. Uh, so I don't think that's a huge issue. Um, but if you're a Miyazaki veteran as well and you've seen them all, then I think that's also... Uh, this 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 podcast could also be good. Um, so let me quickly define our terms here on uh, on which films are eligible. I sent this to to <laughs> Haley and Beatrice. So here are the eleven films eligible for this ranking: uh, Lupin the Third, Castle of Caligostro, which is the one probably most people haven't seen; uh, Nausicaa uh, and the Valley of the Wind; uh, Castle in the Sky. Um, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, and The Wind Rises. Um, so, yeah, have you guys seen all 11 of these? I think Lupin is the, the questionable one here. Yeah, I caught up on that one this morning because I, I had always seen it, but I never had <laughs> watched it really. Yeah. Um, but all the other ones I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen all of them. And even though this is like a top five, I just want to say, disclaimer, they're all great. They're, you can't go wrong with any of them. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, we got we to gotta talk because top five Miyazaki films is probably one of the hardest things to narrow down to an arbitrary number. Um, I would say all 11 of these films are good, very good. And with the exception of, I think, uh, revealing a little bit of my list here, with the exception of Ponyo, I think all are excellent and incredible. Um, I'm not as high on Ponyo as others, but like genuinely there's 10 films here, which are like 10 of the best animated films of all time, I think. So yeah, that, yeah, definitely. that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, general thoughts on uh, what your history, briefly your history uh, with Ghibli and Miyazaki. And I, I think these are, you know, these are the, the, t- the t- highest of top tier of, of films. Uh, uh, what do you think, Kaylee? Um, yeah, I completely agree. I know it was like so tough <laughs> narrowing it down because I got it down to five and I was like, oh, wait, no, that one. And it's so good. But yeah, um, but basically my history with Ghibli and Miyazaki is my parents, I think someone like tipped them off onto Ghibli or something. They're kind of hippies. And so we watched Ghibli growing up and it's just kind of always been something throughout my life. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've discovered ones that I had never had access to before the internet and then caught up on those and everything. So it's been a lifelong love for me. 
Nice. Uh, what about you, Beatrice? Well, for me, it's it's very specific films. I mean, I think my love and passion for Ghibli came a little bit later, but I remember, I guess, with uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, I am from Venezuela, and whenever we would go back for the summer, that's the film that would always be playing. So that so I would just like be constantly aware of this art style and this type of storytelling, but it would just, I, that was the only one I was ever introduced to. And then I was introduced to Howl much later and then Spirited Away, I saw eventually, and then it all kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah. Yeah. Sim- similar for me. I think when I was much younger, I'd seen Kiki and Spirited Away specifically. And then um, around, I don't know, like 14, around like when I was super into Avatar, uh, got on a huge uh, Ghibli run, watched all of these films. And since then, certain ones of these I've seen, you know, multiple times. Like I, I recently rewatched Spirit Away probably, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh time, you know, it's great. Uh, same also rewatched yeah. Mononoke recently. Like some of these are are uh, just yeah. gi- giant classics in my mind. And uh, I just revere uh, these Mizaki films so much. And all of there's certain uh, just general Ghibli ones, Takata directed that are also um, some of my favorites of all time. So this is this is truly like uh, discussing the uh the best of animation uh like you know it's it's so we a lot of times that overly animated we just discuss i think the current shows which are are great and uh you know even like steven universe like an all-time great animated show but uh for getting into these films this is like like truly the best so yeah hard to hard to narrow it down we're gonna save uh honorable mentions which is probably just gonna be like the rest for the end um because it'll just okay. give away our lists here um and I, I i'm gonna let's go through uh each person's um five and four to start so we get our uh outside of the top three um so so let me know your which which film it is and uh, get into a little bit about uh, why why you love it so much. So uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's get into this. Um, I will, I'll try to restrain myself from <laughs> from saying saying lists are wrong. I, I have problems with this, but. <laughs> I have very, very strong okay. feelings here. I mean, I think oh, we yeah. all do. We oh, all actually, do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Before we start, let's um, the one la- the last thing I want to do preface this is I want to like talk about like the structure of our top five. So I can give you an example of this for me going for me. There's three untouchables that it's very easy. One, two, three. I don't know the order, but um, my top three are un- interchangeable, basically. And there's three that are incredibly obvious for me. I don't think this will be consensus, but uh, well, on two of them, it probably will be. Um, and then four and five are very hard. Uh, like, I think there's uh five or six that could have been in the four and five slots so i don't feel super passionately about uh what i put at four or five but uh i i think those are also incredible films uh any sort of uh similar distinction Haley? yeah kind of my one and two are definitely like hard and fast one and two definitely and they can kind of switch amongst each other as well um and then three was pretty clear and then yeah four and five were like definitely could be interchangeable um as well but yeah, it's cool. tough. Yeah. Beatrice? Same. I mean, I think three, four, and five. Well, three, not so much, but like four and five, it was just a constant change. I decided to rewatch all the films leading up to this episode. Oh, man. And just to, because some of them I hadn't seen in years. And it was just, the list was constantly changing. Like one and two, solid. I would never change them for anything. Three, maybe, but four and five, it's like, 
fluid. Ask me tomorrow and it'll be something else. Yeah. Yeah. My, my three, I've, I've had my one that's, I'm going to present as one was different, uh, six months ago. Like it's, it's, yeah. And I can tell the one film we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to have disagreements on. I said three untouchables. You guys said two. I know it's coming here. So, (laughs) okay. But, uh, yeah, Haley, why don't you start us off with your five and then four and so five and why, and then four and then why. Sounds good. So my number five is uh, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Okay. So wow. okay. I know. I'm sorry. It's five, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure it's higher on other people's. Um, so I love Nausicaa because it's, it's interesting when you watch it ha- after having watched a lot of the other um, kind of like newer Ghibli films and Miyazaki films because you totally see all the little um, – like details and design elements and themes and everything that show up later on in this movie, like with the type of the main character it is with being a strong woman and everything. Um, And the animation style and having kind of like, it's an interesting storyline where there's, there is a greater threat, but it's also kind of like a closed in story. It's not like this big sweeping epic which it kind of is at times but you mostly are focusing on the main character um and then of course the environmental and anti-war messages as well which show up tons in all of his movies um but yeah i really like this one it's gorgeous and it's from the 80s but like the animation is incredible um with the colors of it and the design and everything and all the characters are great nausicaa is lovely um, yeah, so that's my number five. Okay. And yeah, we can we can comment briefly. Yeah, this is comments. that's that was. Um, yeah. I think you had a really interesting point with um, you called this like not an epic because it's so focused on Nasca. Like, I think that's that's a re- that's a really interesting perspective. This is I, this is the first one I'd point to as like being an epic, but at the same time, I totally mm-hmm. get what you mean because it's so uh, character specific focused. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, contrasting with Mononoke, which I'm sure we'll get into to later. Um, yeah, I'll reserve thoughts on Nasca. Other than uh, to, to new to new Miyazaki viewers, this is. Uh, uh, this is his one of his. Oh, this is his second directed film. It's not technically part of the Ghibli canon, but uh, it's uh, you know it's based on Miyazaki's own manga and uh, heavy influences on uh, all of current animation, especially Avatar. You see a ton of uh, oh yeah. yeah, like you know there. This isn't something that clicked to me at first for a while, but um, the the Wind People in Nasca are literally just the Airbenders. So it's uh, they, yeah. oh yeah, they really are, aren't they? Yeah. I, well, this is I don't know. Well. There, I've seen airbender symbols in many, in like the Miyazaki films. I saw like the influences of just like the fire, earth, water, air symbols. Just I saw them in the films, like yeah. before Avatar was even a thing. So it's just so heavily influenced. Yeah, and- Mike and Brian, creators of Avatar, talk a lot about the Miyazaki and influences. I never hear them mention Nausicaa, but I'm I'm 100% sure that. The, oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, Korra and Nausicaa are so similar in many ways. Yeah, they, re- they really are. Uh, Mononoke is the, the biggest influence, and we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, uh, I'm sure we'll get it. Uh, we'll get into Nausicaa later, Beatrice. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, what's, your num- <laughs> what's your number four, Haley? So my number four is probably also going to make you upset, but it, it is Mononoke, Mononoke number oh, four. Okay. Um, I know there's All just, right. okay. the, here's prefacing. Basically my number one and two are ones that are like emotionally resonant for mm-hmm. me as like from the right. past kind of thing, watching in childhood. So that's why they eked it out. But in terms of like quality and stuff, probably my number three to five could definitely be like number one and two. Um, anyway, so basically the reason that I love Mononoke is that the characters and the world building are so great. And even in just like a short little bit of time, like just the opening credits with Ashitaka and everything. And even before he's left his community, you're, 
kind of in the world and you figured out what's going on and how these people relate to each other. Um, and he's, Miyazaki's really good at that, of getting you integrated into the world quite quickly. Um, the animation's lovely, of course. The message is great. And I particularly like that there's two opposing enemies in this battle, in this movie. Um, and they're both given a lot of time and opportunity to explain the rationale and the reasoning so that you end up kind of sympathizing with both angles um, in their dispute, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think it was really really gorgeous film and really important message and it was told very well so yeah that's why it's my number four yeah for for new for yeah. new miyazaki uh viewers this is one of the other first ones you should go to uh for sure yeah, yeah. definitely um yeah. yeah i guess i didn't get into this in the beginning um i didn't i didn't set a clear terms on whether this is um our favorite or the best um so Haley's ranking is uh certainly valid in that uh we have certain films we're emotionally attached to more than um Others, like personally, Whisper of the Heart, which is not eligible for this, it's not Miyazaki directed, but is a Studio Ghibli film, is like one of my favorite films ever. So like on my like favorite Ghibli list, it's like number one, but on my best Ghibli list, you know, it's further down. So it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's tough to get into. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, uh, we don't need to comment too much on these because we'll, we'll we'll discuss (laughs) later. Uh, so I'm sure. Yeah. So interesting stuff. So Beatrice, let's get into your, uh, five. Okay, well, now I'm curious to see your reactions. So number five for me is My Neighbor Totoro. Okay. Which, like, it's, in some ways, I do feel it's the perfect family film. It's it's just the way he managed to, like, reinvent these spirits and these gods of Japanese myth and legend. And in such a, I guess, in a family-friendly way, and the way he managed to create this sort of utopia i mean and it goes as Haley uh mentioned there's a lot of like nate talk in all his films there's a lot of talk about nature and technology and and how we have to respect nature and live with it not against it and in totoro it's interesting how technology is kind of just absent and it's all nature and it's just this really interesting family drama that people might just look like think it's so superficial at times or think it's like very simple when in fact there's just so much visually there that visually it's telling the story and telling you all the complexities that maybe just through words they're not saying and it's just a fantastic film just pacing and everything it's just great yeah Five's a good spot for Totoro. Um, it's a really hard film to analyze and talk about. Uh, Sam and I tried. We had a podcast on on Totoro. You can you can check that out. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 there's like very little narrative and um, the characterization is. This is a common theme, I think, of of the best Miyazaki films. Like the narrative's not there's not that much narrative, and the characters aren't super standout. Sometimes they are um, in certain films, um, but just Totoro is just all about like the uh, everything else about the film. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. visual. Yeah, it's hard to critique like the. The feeling of a movie right. like that one leaves you with a feeling at the end rather than being like oh that was an interesting storyline and script exactly. and everything it's it's an experience and it's just yeah a lot of Miyazaki's things are just such a visual experience they're just like you have to see in order to understand and yeah. I feel like it's, especially with animation that's so that's such key I it's you can't with something that you work so hard to like draw and to slave over for it to be so visually enticing, I think, is what makes it such a outstanding. Yeah, 
yeah. project. Yeah, I think I think My Neighbor Totoro and another film we'll get to are, I think, the prime examples of kind of experiential films, like not narrative based, not character based. These are like experience based uh, uh, narratives. And um, I still think it's like storytelling, but it's maybe not like such a, a traditional narrative. Um, yeah. And uh, for Miyazaki, uh, newbies Totoro is also a core a core film that uh, you need to see. I don't think I don't think this is like uh, everyone's gonna love this movie. It is the slowest pace, quietest film you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's, sometimes it's so. In some ways, like for instance, the relationship between the two sisters. It's just like for instance, uh, the young sister May. I at times couldn't handle her voice because it was so annoying to me. But that's the perfect embodiment of a four-year-old child. Yeah. Like, that's what they are. And it's like, it's so true. And that might not work for some people. Her, her sub or dub voice? Uh, sub. Okay. I watched them all sub. Yeah, yeah. How did you guys do? Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of these both ways. I would actually, for Toto, I'd actually highly recommend the dub because they do a really interesting thing and they get yeah. the, the Fanning sisters uh, yeah. at a young age. And I think it's awesome to play the two sisters. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. get Ellen Dakota on that. And it's it's really it's really good. They do a great job with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. To, uh, Totoro. Um, Maybe we'll talk about it again. We'll see. Uh, but uh, definitely an, an, an iconic uh, Miyazaki film. And I'm glad it made uh, some of our lists here. Um, mm -hmm. Beatriz, what's your number four? My number four is Porco Rosso. Okay. This this film to me, like as someone who loves like classic Hollywood films, it's like this film gave off that feeling of that. I don't know. It's just it's a film that from the first frame to the last, I was just smiling. And it's the one film out of all of them that made me laugh out loud. And it's characters I find very interesting. They're not, they're, they all have their purpose. None, no one's like dumbed down or anything. And it's interesting how like the plot of the film isn't complicated. You know, in a lot of these Miyazaki films, the plot itself, if you take everything away, it's not overly complicated. But because of its setting and the way the visuals, inner, like the way the setting is built, it makes the film so fantastic and so and adds the even the smallest character it gives them a lot of complexity and i honestly think this is just basically miyazaki's love for flight and for his planes cuz planes and air and flying is such a big component to a lot of his films this is him just going this is what i dream about this is the this is why flying and planes are so cool and i'm just going to tell this great adventure yeah, yeah. Um, love, love that this is on your list. Uh, I think this is the most underrated Miyazaki film, yeah, and totally. I think maybe the most underrated film of all time. Um, I think this is like an all-time classic, and uh, we'll talk about it more. But uh, yes. yeah, it's it's but yeah, okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, great choice there. And you and you probably yeah. this isn't one that you'll hear a lot uh, talked about, like when Miyazaki films are like first mentioned. But uh, this should be once you get past the obvious names, you're uh, you're spirited away. Uh, Okay, Totoro's. You should go to this one. Like, and can I just say, if you love, if you end up watching this one and you love it, please watch Lupin. Like, watch it, people. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like spoiler. It's not on my list, but it's 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 just there's so many elements from it that you see in later works of Miyazaki, and this is the film that Porco Rosso gives off the similar type of feeling that Lupin gives, if not just more creative, more fantastical, more Miyazaki-esque. Yeah, so. I, that's interesting. I never really mm -hmm. thought about it that way before. Um, I would agree. Porco Rosso is very different from the other Miyazaki films. I think Lupin would be the closest to it. Yeah. I, yeah, they're kind of like more for adult 
kind yeah. of audience yeah. almost. Yeah, they're like adult oriented and just like more traditional kind of adventure films, which is yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. 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 It's more like the popcorn film, and you don't you can just enjoy it, and you don't have to read into things. But yeah, they're so fun. They're, I feel like they're one of the few films, some of the few films of Miyazaki's that you can watch again and again and again. Because there are others that you can watch once and you're like, okay, I've experienced it. I don't need to see it again. But for these, this is like superhero movies. You can just keep seeing them again and it's still fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a traditional viewer, you'll like Porco Rosso. I think Lupin's more, even more of a traditional film. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, I think, yeah. So let, let me, we can get right into this. Number five. My number five is Porco Rosso. So um, we can, we can keep talking about it. Yeah. I think it's the most underrated film of all time. This is really hard. This versus yeah. uh, some of the other ones that I was considering. Um, but I have it here at five. Um, yeah, I've, I've always been a proponent of Porco Rosso being in the top tier of Miyazaki films. I think this is of similar quality to the top ones I'll be discussing. I think incredibly highly of this film. Uh, it just, uh, it, it has, uh, just such a great, uh, world that it bases it around. And, um, what's, it's crazy that this is, other than the main character, there are like zero fantasy elements to this. And, uh, it's, it's, it's very kind of traditional. It's, it's narrative's weird, but it has more of a traditional narrative. Um, and it's main, the main character, I don't really care about that much, but just everyone who like surrounds him in the world and the world itself are, are absolutely incredible. I think the world of Porcaro. So, um, I think this is, I, I haven't seen it. I didn't, it's not one of the ones I rewatched recently, but it's always been one of my favorites. And I am definitely looking forward to checking it out again. You don't care about Porco? I don't really care about him that much now. Okay, so. all right. Yeah, on the scale of... Uh, of okay, of I, no, totally. There are some characters I'm more interested yeah, we'll in. Yeah, t- we'll talk about my yeah. faves later, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, yes, that, that's my five. Um, four, uh, I, I predict will be absent from Beatrice's list based on her structuring, is uh, is Castle in the Sky. Um, yeah, you know me so well. <laughs> I can I can tell based on you already. Really. I can tell you said based on yes. This is also Laputa Castle in the Sky, also what it's known as. This is also this is the first one of the Miyazaki's earliest films. Um, I've always struggled with this movie a little bit because I don't super innately connect to it, but I also like recognize its greatness. Um, I also like hate the dub of this movie, like not not because it's like bad. It's just one of the voices annoys me. <laughs> you know, there's but uh, it's but it, but yeah, it's it's this is a really weird movie. Movie. It's a traditional Miyazaki adventure film. Go a lot of places, have a lot of like side characters join you. It's weird in that there's two char- two main characters, um, and uh, neither of them. I don't really. Another film. I don't really care about either of the main characters of this movie, but <laughs> I love everything that they do. And once we get to spoiler, once we uh, get to Laputa at the end of the movie, it is um, just like bliss. It is some of the best. It, it's it's so absolutely incredible, uh, just uh, visually and um, everything there i think the villain in this movie is really good um and just everything we experience at the end and even the stuff with the pirates in the middle it's um you know if you haven't heard of this movie you should you should watch this movie it's it's really incredible um i think i was i was I, when i was thinking about this movie again i got reminded of the uh kind of the robot i forget what they're called the robots you see on uh, laputa uh yeah by uh the guardians in uh, zelda breath of wild i think that they're they're kind of uh similar so that's my interesting yeah it also reminded me of iron giant i yeah, definitely like, definitely uh, iron giant yeah. i assume iron giant is like based on this movie basically but it has to be yeah. like that yeah, design's probably. the exact same yeah, yeah this, this is this but, is from the 80s but uh yeah this is uh definitely an an, an incredible film i think it's a top tier film for me yeah cool. so there's my my five and four okay let's get into three and two getting into the nitty-gritty here um so Haley, let's let's get into your three 
Sure. I'm going to make people mad again, but <laughs> my number three should be number one on anyone who doesn't have connections to verse two that I have. Um, but my number three is Spirited Away. So based on like animation and story and everything like that, it is definitely number one. Um, it's like, but it's not my number three, just you'll see my list later. <laughs> but basically it's kind of like a perfect story um, from the beginning to the end and everything that happens in between, everything flows so well and connects and makes sense and everything. And the characters are great. And yet again, transports you into the world. Miyazaki's so good at that. Uh, and even like the detail in this animation is breathtaking at times. Like all the little details in the bathhouse and the, the background and the scenery and everything are really gorgeous and the colors are so rich and especially because it's like this spirit world he really could let loose and create all sorts of funny looking characters and interesting designs and things um so yeah spirit away is definitely like in my top films regardless of any categories animation or otherwise it's definitely a like breathtaking movie it's really incredible yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Your list, your list is interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we don't need that. I know. Yeah. I, I, if I was doing a bet, like critically best, that would like no question be number one okay, for me. Interesting. No question. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about right away. Um, <laughs> I predict oh, your yeah. two and one in some order are uh, Kiki's and Howls. But let's see. What's your What's your number two? Dylan, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. My number two, my number one and two, honestly, they could switch places a lot, but my number two is Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, so that was the one that I watched obsessively as a child. Um, and even like, you know, when you see something or you hear something and you're just like transported back to childhood, that yep, is yep. Kiki for me. Yep, like same. I was listening to music and the soundtrack popped on at some point and I was like, oh, like I gasped <laughs> the sound yeah. was playing. And, yeah, it's beautiful. Um and it's really a neat movie as well, where like we were talking about with Totoro, where it has like it's it has a conflict at the end, kind of. But the main point of the movie is just Kiki's development and kind of like trying to get over her fear of change and growing up and taking risks and things like that. And that's just like gotten more poignant to me as I've gotten older, basically. It's such an amazing message. And Kiki's great. And all the characters are great in it, and animation's beautiful. And I find the soundtrack in that one is particularly beautiful, um, all the, even though all of them are. Um, yeah, so that's why I love Kiki. It's so special yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, Kiki, Kiki, not on my list. I, I, I definitely get the love. You'll see this from a lot of people. I also have the nostalgic connections to it. Um, I feel very strongly that this is not as good as some of the other films we're talking about. But at the same time, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I definitely get it. I think this film's incredible. It's so incredibly character focused and I love Kiki. Okay. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I always. And, I, uh, I totally agree with you, though, about thing. it not being like compared to other ones. I completely agree. It's not high. Um, it's just the nostalgia yeah, push to to kind of thing. Totally yeah, valid yeah. there. Yeah. No, yeah. It was like almost my number five. And then Totoro just slowly just... Interesting. Because for yeah. it, the key, there's that one... I can't go into it, obviously, because there's no spoilers. But there's one moment in Kiki that stays with me more than some other films... Even Totoro. Does, that, does, like, does Kiki have spoilers? This, I feel like this is like the least spoilery film. Can, I mean, can I? Like, I don't know. I don't want to risk it. Don't, yeah. I don't think anything happens <laughs> no, in this movie. So yeah. Not much. No, no, okay. Well, all right. I'll keep it as vague as possible. Just that one frame where she says fly. 
Okay. But she just goes, fine. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I won't oh, go yeah, yeah. It's that one to me was so powerful. Like it just, it's the culmination of her entire journey. And that just frame, that shot just stayed with me for so long. And yeah. And like yeah, discovering her inner power. Exactly. And, and if you go in more and think about how Miyazaki essentially deconstructed the magical girl yeah. trope yeah. with her and how she, he just was like, no, we're going to make more than just one and she's gonna have to work for it and it's like this great thing yeah kiki's great yeah and i, I should say i I've, i this film definitely resonates with me i could see how it uh would resonate even stronger with uh with uh girl young girls watching this like how that could be even more special to them so i just want to get that out there um but i, I i've always wished kiki's did something at the end of the movie the movie just had something at the end but yeah it's very yeah, that internal nice. it, the conflicts are very internal really? so it oh, yeah. does it could be seen as boring even though it's like there's yeah, a lot happening really wish it did just, just one thing like yeah yeah, yeah, one yeah. Thing movie. Okay. <laughs> there's anyway. a funny thing that a random anecdote um because there's a documentary i don't know if you guys have seen it but it's the kingdoms of dreams and yeah. madness yeah it's on netflix but it's all about um ghibli and miyazaki but it offers such an interesting thing that a lot of the time Miyazaki doesn't write a script. He just writes the storyboards with no plan in mm-hmm. mind and sees what happens. And you can definitely feel that in a lot of these movies where you're kind of going around like, what is happening? It's like he probably didn't know when he was writing it either. I and, think the, the yeah. one where like the one that maybe is the most infe- affected by that is The Wind Rises because that last scene, that yeah. final shot, like that was yeah. the most... But yeah, I won't go with that. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, if there's any movie, yeah, that Kiki. If any movie doesn't have a script, it's Kiki. But yeah, it's uh, it's oh, a, yeah. <laughs> also interesting to compare that that uh, uh, Miyazaki not going in without a script to some of the more board driven shows like uh, the Cartoon Network shows uh, now. That's uh, that that's still still remains more of a uh, board board writing versus like script writing script written shows like mm-hmm. Avatar and stuff. Okay, um, Beatrice, let's get into your number three. All right, number three for me is Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. So I love Nausicaa. I think if there's ever, because, you know, uh, Miyazaki's known for his female characters. He's known for that iconic, like, strong main female character who will just get things done. And Nausicaa is that. Like, that, I feel like, is the the best film as, like, a gateway. For people who have never seen Miyazaki, Nausicaa is just, like, just watch that and you'll get it. You'll get like everything. Cause basically like he put everything he wanted to tell in film in that one film. And then you see the themes, like he comes back to those themes in every single film that follows. And in some ways he, with uh, the reason for me, Castle in the Sky is pretty low in my just overall top 11 list is because it's somewhat has the same themes as Nausicaa only simplified. Nausicaa makes is like very even though like the even though yes it's focused just on her there are so many prototypes of characters he's going to further explore later on there's so many themes that are very complex and yeah they're not as polished as say some other films that we're going to po- probably talk about later but it's just there's it's just so great and it's so it just showed all his potential for the films that we were going to get and it's still just even though it's not as polished it's still such a great film that it's my number three i can't i i at first it wasn't that high and then i just it kept rising up and i just couldn't say no to it yeah 
Um, it's definitely the most Miyazakian film. Like there's, there's, there's so many, so many elements in, in Nausicaa. Um, I agree, I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent that Castle in the Sky is a poor man's, uh, Nausicaa. No, I didn't um, say poor man's Nausicaa. I just, <laughs> I, I, like, usually people make the connection with Nausicaa and Mononoke. People usually think that Mononoke is Nausicaa remade, but for me, Nausicaa has more connections with Castle in the Sky. Not to say either one's a poor man's, just that. For me, Nausicaa just I, I, I can see did it. Yeah. I don't think that. I yeah, don't think definitely. that. Uh, you know, I don't think that should uh, mean Castle in the Sky is that much lower, though, because it could be. You know, it's th- three and four is still lower, but you know, it's 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 there. But uh, yeah, no, Nausicaa and Manoka um, are like the most uh, giant epic fantasy epic type films. But but there's a lot right. of uh, a lot of Castle in the Sky connections. Okay, uh, what's your number two, Beatrice? And maybe this will be a little bit controversial, but I mean, these two for me are just I can't switch them these are like the two spots that are not like the number one and number two for me are just not fluid they're stagnant and number two spirited away like i understand why like people would put it above my number one but at the same time i'm just like i won't go into number one but i I can't do it and yeah spirited away is in just this fantastic film it's it's just so crazy and there's so much there that you can't like some of the like some of my favorite movies are the ones I have or shows or whatever are the ones I have to see over and over and over again to find new things in them. And that's spirited away. There's no way you can just take all that you see in with just one sitting. There's no way. And there's so much there that you can read into. And yeah, the story's fantastic. And I do think this is one of the few films where the romance element works in Miyazaki films, but it's like, it's just from the visuals to the characters to the themes to the symbolisms and allegories and whatnot it's just a great film yeah yeah definitely definitely Definitely. yeah well i'll I'll save comments um okay (laughs) so uh yeah i mean at this point we're all we're seeing a lot of the same movies so i will (laughs) okay so i'll I'll be proud of this so uh, i think a year maybe even six months ago uh my number three was my number one um i they constantly shuffle my three two and one they're all the same in terms of I, so let me also say this. This is a bold claim. I think these three films I'm going to talk about are the three best films of all time, animated or not. My, my okay. three best films of all time. And I'll start with number three with Nausicaa. Um, Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Um, this is just an incredible epic. Uh, there's so much here. Uh, I'll talk about some particularly notable elements. Uh, just the the world building the giant uh fan- just the giant fantasy aspect of it all the the poison forest like it's something the, some of the best like one of the best in fantasy worlds you'll ever see uh nasuka i think is an incredible character one of the best uh, of all time and i absolutely love her one of the rare music char- leads which i really really connect to like it's interesting nasuka i love her so much the my one and two um i don't particularly connect to any of the characters there with a few exceptions um but uh nasuka the characterization is definitely a strength um and uh just the uh ohms and the ohm sequence uh towards the end of this film is the best you'll ever see so like uh (laughs) it's it's and the uh the the flashback the music that goes along with it uh the climax of this film is is untouchable and incredible yeah i I, i've given my thoughts also on a separate podcast about nasuka and uh i think i also think this is like the uh the uh godmother of all uh modern current animation so like this is <laughs> yeah, like the I think, totally. like the most influential film um like i could even see oh sorry but like, i could even see ray from star wars being influenced by her yeah yeah i, I agree with that mm-hmm. i don't know time wise 
how how that how that works. But yeah, it's you see similarities there and stuff. Um, like yeah, I think Mononoke is maybe more directly influential towards current animation, but Mononoke is also like an uh, byproduct of Nausicaa and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, Nausicaa, my number three. Um, again, the order doesn't really matter here. Right now, number two, I will uh, go Princess Mononoke at two. Um, I re- this film, this is one that uh, has grown on me every time I watch it. Um, and I think the most recent time I watched it, I loved it even more than before. Uh, it's it's not a film that like naturally speaks to me. It's like pretty violent and uh, pretty fast paced action wise, which are not necessarily the types of films that I connect to. Um, but like, uh, there's this is an incredibly kind of uh complex movie um and there's there's so many elements of uh, mononoke that uh just really stand out um like uh, i mean i've always uh loved um like uh two two i mean i don't really care about ashitaka um i don't know is that controversial but uh i don't i don't care no, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't care too much about uh him i think uh lady eboshi is a, a big standout character um who is uh, I, I know uh, I, I believe Haley talked about her on uh, the best villains uh, top five villains podcast. Yeah, yeah. love her. And, She's like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Period. I wouldn't have even thought of her for my top villains list because I don't necessarily think of her as a villain. But that's uh, I know, right? You know. Yeah. yeah, she's like kind of yeah. walks the line. Yeah, it's re- really bad. interesting, really great character. The fact that this film is like what is this like 1999 and she's like 1997 and she's like the most feminist uh, character in like any film you'll see. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. She'd be radical nowadays. Yeah, it's I absolutely love her and. Uh, San is, I think, also in, incredible. I really love her too, um, although not that t- too much of a developed character. But the the climax of this film, the entire like last hour, just was just so so absolutely insane. Um, recent, I don't know if I connected it so directly, but the Avatar books one and two finales are both like directly come from the climax of Mononoke, like they're the exact same thing. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I thought of it that explicitly before, but um, you get the the uh, Nightwalker, and then you get the killing of the Nightwalker. Uh, in books one and two respectively but um yeah i mean mononoke is uh absolutely incredible film and uh you should uh absolutely a must watch um let's let's uh for number ones let's go to beatrice first to continue the mononoke discussion yep. right <laughs> yeah i can't buy it because of that yeah. um yeah my number one is mononoke it's just like I as I, as I was rewatching them, I did. I was just like writing notes as I was watching them, and basically the first thing I say from Mononoke after seeing it is, "Lady Eboshi, my queen. <laughs> she is my favorite character. Like my absolute favorite Miyazaki character." And it's interesting how you can see, like for instance, Kushana from Nausicaa is essentially her prototype. She was like the first. Yeah. Kind of like you can see like the connections in Mononoke from so many of the films previous, and it's just it's a for me it's a perfect film. Like I understand why like for instance Ashitaka wouldn't be the most interesting person, especially when surrounded by all these other really interesting people. But um, it's just such a great film, and the action like even though you're not a fan of violence and action or high action, I am. Well, not the violence part, but the high action part. And I don't know. I just found so much of this film to be moving. And it's one of the most open-ended endings of Miyazaki. Like it's not a hundred percent present a hundred percent like positive. It's not a bad ending. It's not a happy ending. It's a maybe. And it's just, it's so thought provoking and just, like I, even though 
Mononoke is the title character. She, she doesn't, she isn't at the center stage of it, but, but she still is someone you gravitate towards. And the, from the music to the visuals, and this is essentially Miyazaki perfecting his epics. You know, it's, you had hit, you, Nausicaa for me was lack polish, Castle in the Sky lacked complexity for me. Mononoke had both and just married the two. And it's interesting how, I don't want to go too deep into it because you can spend hours talking about Mononoke, but how everything, it was, it's a very dark film. And usually with Miyazaki, it's a lot of light film. It's a lot of lightheartedness. And even with darkness, there's always joy. With Mononoke, for the most part, it's very scary and dark. And it shows how important and how how difficult it is to deal with this issue of nature, especially now given the current climate, pun intended, of today. <laughs> um, it's just it's just so of the moment. It's a film that doesn't age. I think it's timeless and it's just interesting and it lacks flight. It followed Porco Rosso. So maybe they were just tired of animating people flying, but it's lack of flight and that absence of that just proves how grounded everybody is. It's like, this isn't supposed to be a film about nature and humanity working together. This is a film about a war and we don't know what comes next. And that to me is just mind blowing. And I love this film so much. Yeah. A, a lot of great points there. I, 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 Thank you for bringing up uh, Kushana from Nasca, who like I totally agree that's the same archetype as Lady Bush, and I de- I love Kushana so much. Definitely the second best hey, character, hey. Nasca. Nasca. Totally. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. This is like the culmination of Miyazaki's like epic building. I really would have loved to have have him have like tried another giant epic because Mononoke is just so absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, basically the I think the history behind that is uh, the director of Whis- Whisper of the Heart um like died from overworking on that movie and then like mononoke came out and then miyazaki's like okay i'm gonna retire and then uh so we, we, we didn't really uh get a, a follow-up to that but um and then we got miyazaki kind of going down the um uh, more of the adventure group of friends type of uh route with uh spared away and howls um but yeah, I mean, I I would say the average viewer would rank Princess Monoke as number one. Like it's it, this is just such a widely uh, connectable film, and I also think it just like holds up as just like a modern like action film. Um, it's completely you know, yeah, uh, and not just that, but the history, the history, like it's essentially the history, of, like the where it's based. It's so in like you know a lot of times Miyazaki's films are very European centered. You know, they're either in Europe or they're they have their like mixture of west and east in mononoke it's very like yes the technology you could argue is came from the west and whatever but it's like it's set it's like it was inspired by the kojiki which is like that sorry i don't want to get too into it but there's just so much there that's like intrinsic to japanese history and myth that it's just it's so layered and deep and i love it so much yeah um the dub of mononoke is really good but i'd highly recommend watching it subbed for for that for that reason because of the all the japanese uh cultural influences on the film yeah uh that's like one of the big reasons to watch sub for me is when like the the japanese influences like matter on it and mononoke is like the the highest miyazaki film in that regard um okay uh so Haley, let's get into your number one Okay, so my number one is probably controversial, but my number one is Howl's Moving Castle. And I honestly, I was sitting down trying to figure out why it's my number one, and it's hard to describe, but I think it's 
It's kind of like we were talking about earlier, where with a lot of Miyazaki's films, you finish it and you just have like a feeling of the movie, kind of. <laughs> and that definitely does it for me. Like, I've watched it dozens of times. The first time I watched it, I finished it and was like, okay, what was that? And then I immediately replayed it to watch it again. Um, and I love it so much. I think I've tried to figure it out. And I think why I love it so much is that I love stories that have really defined characters that like, you know, their motivations and you understand how they would react to things and kind of like their own internal battles that they're fighting in amongst the bigger battles of a storyline. And the characters in Howl's Moving Castle are completely that, that to me. Um, and I love that Sophie, who's the main character in uh, Howl, she's kind of like one of the archetypes of Miyazaki movies where she's not like, well, I guess Mononoke and Nausicaa are a little different, but she's not, Sophie isn't like an all-powerful being or anything. She's kind of just like any other lady that's walking around doing her thing. And she's not really taking control of her future, her destiny. And this whole story allows her to do that and discover that she does have power inside. Um, even if she's hanging out with all these magical people, she still has power as well in her own right. Um, yeah. And the music in it is gorgeous to me. The animation's gorgeous. And I just love all like the fantasy elements of it. Um, yeah. So that's why I love Howl's Moving Castle. It just makes me happy whenever I watch it, basically. I, I will say this is you're not the only one to hold this opinion. A lot of people really love Howl's, especially uh, some like uh, younger people like us. And this is, I know this is in a lot of people's uh, hearts is like they grew up with this movie and it's like they're one of their favorite things. Um, personally, you know, like this is in the Kiki's tier for me is like a tier below these ones, but uh, definitely a great, a great, <laughs> a great movie. Yeah, my heart is so happy that you picked it. So we got to talk about it like <laughs> I, that. Like, it's weird because it's actually ranked like my lowest in like my top 11, even though it's the film I've seen the most. The film that I like Sophie as a character is the one that connects the most with me. Like yeah. she's the, the character that spoke to me. I was like, yes, she gets it. But um, but yeah, so I am so glad you picked it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely <laughs> understand the personal collection. Yeah, I'd probably have this like nine or 10. But, you know, I like the, 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 I, as I said, though. There's 10 that are like some of the best of all time. So I still. You yeah. can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. No, that's the thing. Ultimately, like you can go flip flopping all around and whatever your combination is going to be, they're all incredible films. So it's going to be great. Yeah. And I way. totally relate to the personal favorite thing. Like if this was a Ghibli ranking, I'd uh, have Whisper the Heart number one and everyone would like be like, what? You know, so <laughs> that's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my reason of this. Yeah. Kaguya would be number one for me and people would be confused and i'd be like well whatever <laughs> who cares yeah okay um yeah so my number one uh, obviously is spirited away uh rewatch spirited away for the umpteenth time um absolutely incredible film really fascinating to me why this film is so good because um the characters aren't super great um i think that other music films have better characters i like like chihiro the main character of this film but i don't i'm not like super in love with her and i don't really care about the uh the male lead too much um and also i don't think this film is like a super structured plot uh this is like the quintessential experience this uh like i said uh this and totoro like the experiential film and uh somehow i think this emerges as the best film of all time so uh it's 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 kind of crazy but um yeah this is if you sit down and watch this uh this is the ultimate suck you in movie um like literally the main character gets sucked into this uh this this world and uh it is 
one of the best, uh, most enticing, like, uh, developed world, like fantasy worlds here. Um, and, uh, just every element of the story is, uh, really interesting and presented, uh, really incredibly. Uh, you know, just production wise, obviously the animation, the score, uh, the, the, the theme, or I don't know what the, iconic score from this is is it the theme or is it uh the the romance song or whatever but uh it's it's uh incredible and iconic um no face in particular i think is like the best uh side character of all time um there's uh you know like yubaba's great uh you know uh, the haku and chiro are fine and their their thing above the river is uh iconic and incredible in the end of this movie um interestingly i watched this in like the original cut uh subbed japanese kind of unintentionally in my most, most recent movie watch and i'd always watched the extended dub there's like the dub is like adds like 20 minutes to it i think um and like oh yeah it? like the part of um uh, Chihiro and Haku, like, there's like a part where, uh, oh, they, I guess this is spoilers, but something about like the oh river, my God. something about like him being uh, someone being the river. Uh, that's like not oh. in the original cut, I think. So that's, that's, yeah, wait, they, really? That's interesting. I think, I think they have the extended cut as the only cut they show in like the new re release of the Ghibli films, the Miyazaki collection. Yeah, I assume that's the like, one. I that, think that's, I assume that's the one that's that's the one that they put because, yeah. Yeah. so you like don't get yeah. an explanation on it and it's like kind of interesting. It's like <laughs> implied that, that that's the case, but. Um, yeah, I would. I saw. So I want to go back. Lucky. I want to go back and watch the extended one again because I like that better. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, I mean, I just I think the world of this movie and uh, it's like untouchable to me. So there, that that that's my number one. Um, yeah, a tough decision though between this um, and Nook and Nasca. All, all three incredible for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what didn't make the cut on on our lists. Um, so like you know we could talk about all 11 but like what genuinely were you considering for a spot in the top five that didn't make it uh, is my question let's start with Haley. um well my honorable mentions are totoro um because it like it definitely i love it i do love it um it didn't make it just because i don't know there's something about it that it like pulls you in but i feel like not quite enough happened in it almost which is kind of lovely if you just want like a chilling movie or whatever um but in terms of like the iconography and um the character of Totoro and everything it's it's a great movie and it's like oftentimes when people think of Miyazaki or Ghibli they picture Totoro um so it's important for that uh and then my other honorable would be uh The Wind Rises which was a really neat movie for me because I I wouldn't put it in my top five just because I got bored a couple times in it um, every so often. But like when I finished it, it really did. I think it's a good one if you just kind of let it happen and just watch it, watch it and let it wash over you and everything. And also with um, thinking as well that it, although he might be coming back, this was kind of like Miyazaki's final retirement one or movie as well. Um, which honestly, he probably will never fully retire. I doubt that will happen. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a really touching and beautiful movie, The Wind Rises. Um, yeah, so those are my honorable, but honestly, any of them could be in my honorable. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Beatrice, what about you? Um, well, I'll say that Lupin people need to give a shot to it's the one i think that most people don't haven't seen but 
it's it's fantastic because I for a long time didn't want to get into Loop in the Third because I would always see Fujiko and I'm just like oh the male gaze it hurts, but then with the thing that Miyazaki manages to do with Lupin is get rid of that. He managed to make a film about a a playboy spy thief person and. He took the male gaze completely out of it, and it's fascinating. It introduces you to these wonderful characters that have a wonderful camaraderie, and you know that there's more there. This is just one small adventure in a wider canon, but it was just so well done, and it really reminded me of, like, again, old Hollywood Hitchcockian films, like, To Catch a Thief or something. It's just this wonderful film that I really want more people to see. And I, I guess I'll mention Ponyo because we don't we haven't really talked about that one. And it's it's nice, it's lovely, it's visually beautiful. I think it just if you're someone who's very much into just what you see instead of what you hear and what the story is, the Ponyo is gonna be a great time. Yeah, it's not the most provocative, the most pro- thought-provoking film, but it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely. I, that. I do. I do agree. I think Ponyo is like one of the most visually striking films ever. So like, it's worth seeing just for that. Um, yeah. I, I would a rewatch, but uh, my initial impressions were uh, much less of a, a quality trade than the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I seriously considered two other films for my four and five slots. One is Loop in the Third. Um, honestly, like that's one of the top. To, uh, to upper half Miyazaki films for me. Yeah. Um, what's incredible about Lupin is it's a very similar story structure to a lot of other a- action adventure films. Um, they like discover a thing and you like go through all the things and with the girl in the top and you know, you know. but uh, it's like somehow the best of that version I've ever seen. Um, and it was Miyazaki's mm-hmm. first film. So he kind of like yeah. perfected the right? action adventure genre to start with. And um, I just love watching this movie. Um, like it's less it's and, less deep than the others that we're talking about, but it's just so much fun, and I really do love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and can I just say that like you will see things in Loop in the Third that you will see elsewhere. Like for instance, Castle in the Sky, and the whole like oh we come from the same family ancestry, and now I'm going to force you to be with me. Like the whole just Lupin is. Just so it's so early on that you see where his Miyazaki's mind is going to start to go and you see how just his first experience influences everything else. And it's just fascinating to see just from that perspective. Yeah. And uh, from 1979. So, um, right. Like, that's insane. <laughs> kind of pretty incredible. Yeah. No, that movie really holds up, by the way. Um, like yeah. more so than some of these others we're discussing, too, even like it, it, it like really holds up now. Um, and, the, and I also seriously considered Totoro for uh, for my top five. Um Totoro is always like a question of like, is it just like an influential classic or is it like genuinely a really good film? And um, it is really genuinely a really good film, but it's uh, it's so slow. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's a lot. But uh, ultimately, you know, uh, there's certainly at least moments in it. And also the entire film, I think, is genuinely very good. It's It's a lot different from some of these other ones. Um, I guess like Whisper the Heart or some of the Takata films are more similar to it. But um, it's 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 really, really incredible. Uh, just uh it's weird fantasy slice of life like i don't i don't know but uh yeah and uh other than that the, the, i wouldn't i wouldn't really put the others in my top five i love kiki's i love um howl's uh wind rises is uh i need to evaluate a few more times i still I still haven't settled on that one but uh 
It's a complicated it's, it's, one. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. It's, Windrise is yeah. somehow like much less feminist than like the 1970 and 80 Lupin and Nausicaa. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's, it's, it's everything. It's less feminist. It's less pacifist. It's it's a weird, interesting film. Yeah, yeah. To like take breaks, <laughs> like come give twenty minutes, go get a snack, and then come yeah, back. Definitely and boring. And he like tried to uh, just create a uh, like a played for straight like uh, period like uh, character retelling, like historical. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Interesting. Uh, but then all the, like the fantasy like dream sequences kind of yeah. snuck in at the same time. Yeah. Those are incredible. Those are like Porcaroso. Like I love that. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Yep. I think uh, we, we made it through uh, the, the top fives here. <laughs> Love to get into individual podcasts on a lot of these. Maybe we'll finally have like a Spirited Away podcast and like uh, <laughs> a Monroe K podcast. But, uh, yeah, because they all deserve so much more like there's... breaking it down. There's things that are like hidden in them that you don't notice the first couple times. And yeah, they're fascinating. Yeah. The only thing that's harder from making a top five list is talking very little about each film (laughs) (laughs) because there's so much yeah i i don't know i i'd have trouble like articulating like why spirited away is so incredible so that that's always been a challenge for me but um maybe we can attempt that at some point but yeah let us know what your top five is um and if you haven't seen them all definitely check out all of them but yeah if you want to post your top five you can do so in the comments whether on the website or on youtube or tumblr or whatever and uh check out our other uh ghibli podcasts um random other i mean if you haven't gotten into the uh non-mizaki ghibli ones um uh grave of the firefly is it flies is a classic um just like genuinely a, a classic um only yesterday is absolutely incredible um and uh, i have some personal favorites like whisper of the heart and uh up on poppy hill uh is somehow one of my personal favorites and the, all of them are good though so uh we could also get into our top five uh non-miyazaki ghibli films but that's another podcast also marnie shout out to marnie too um which is like our mm-hmm. second podcast uh great i rewatched that recently still really great um yeah i don't know closing thoughts Haley. They're great. They're just so good. <laughs> and yeah, and I think Miyazaki and what we were talking about and everything, um, something that really stands out is that he's so good at making a movie have just like an atmosphere about it and a feeling that really resonates with you. And because um, I know a lot of the time with other movies, if it has kind of a slow plot line or there's not much going on, it's kind of like, oh, this movie sucks. Um but that's kind of a stereotype of Miyazaki's movies, and yet they're incredible. So he's truly is like the legendary master filmmaker that people always chalk him up to be. To be able to write such kind of simple, uh, contained stories, but make it so appealing that you can't look away. So yeah. I love him forever and always. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like for me, the mo- one of the most interesting things about animation this is a, large, this is a much larger discussion. One of the most interesting things about animation is like that you have complete control over the medium. Um, you can just uh, act yeah. and affect everything. And Miyazaki is the is the example of how you take advantage of all of that to construct uh, an incredible experience. Um, completely, like I think animation and Miyazaki will go hand in hand forever. Um, yep. uh, uh, forgot to mention Princess Kaguya also as one of the absolutely incredible oh, Nana. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, re- yeah, we podcast on that. Really, it, it sneaks up on you how good that movie is. Anyway, uh, last last comments, Beatrice. Just watch his films. Just watch them. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Like you can't if you haven't seen them, please watch them. And if you have seen them, watch them again because they're great. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. I rewatched. Uh, yeah, Whisper the Heart really holds up. Or, um, uh, sorry, uh, 
it does too, by the way, but you'll get bored. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the Spirited Away really, really holds up on rewatch even for like the millionth time. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's just really interesting noticing different things and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, definitely check these out if you haven't. Let us know what your favorites are and what you'd most like to see us discuss in more depth from this. And check that out at overlyanimated.com. Um, you can also consider supporting us on patreon.com slash overly animated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Mitch, aka Fever Mitch. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, and Alex. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good, good job. Uh, Beatrice Haley, good lists. Um, even even if they were incorrect, like my list, they were still <laughs> they're still they're still good. Lists. Yeah, we got to talk about like almost everyone, so that was good. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.